streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. And welcome, folks, to another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. And you're saying, well, you know, guy, gentle comedian is in the comments. He said, you guys are later than our pass protection off the snap. Well, you got to understand, the quarterback got delay a game. This is on the quarterback with DG. DG this week. We had to accommodate DG first. Oh, God. That's, 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 that's just not good. But see, let, let me – there's reasons and there are excuses. DG, yesterday, we couldn't do the film study on Monday because DG was out handing – he was down in Detroit handing out turkeys for Thanksgiving. So we had to move his film study to today, which had a, you know, chain effect. You know, you know, it's one of those things. Domino effect, I should say. And it moved everything else down, and so thus with the time, the start time for us this week. Being we'll forgive him for that, okay? But yeah. even in Christmas, I've been accommodating him for I don't know how long now. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of announcements, folks, before we get started. First, you're gonna get a double dose of Borges. Oh, week. double dose? That's I too guess, much. I guess they, get too much. they get a double dose of you every week, so maybe it's a triple dose of Borges. I don't. Yeah, All right? it might be. yeah so they get you on the film study. We. We chopped the film study in half, all of them, the one with Devin, the one with Vance, the one with Al, because we're focusing more on Ohio State this Ohio week. State. Ohio State. That's yeah. Maryland's in the Riverview Mirror, man. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So we made an audible. We cut, out, cut, out, uh, cut up half as many plays, and we're going to have special live sessions, live previews of Ohio State with Al, on Friday at 11 a.m. and then Vance on Friday at 11 a.m. Saying that not just because of the holiday, we cut it short. That's part of it. But the other part is wanted to give these coaches, these veteran coaches time to go back over as much Ohio State all 22 film as possible. Information overload, Sam. Right. So they it's not like they haven't been watching Ohio State. They've been watching them on television during the year. But watching that all 22 footage? Oh, uh, Al, they're gonna go. They're gonna go saying we're doing some advanced scouting. Let's right? go off, Sam. They're gonna go with you just in a minute of doing some advanced scouting. But Sam, they, it's it's the eye in the sky that doesn't lie. But Al, Al, knowing him, he watch all the film. Vance gonna watch a handful of games. He's already well into it, watching the all twenty two, and then we'll give you the live sessions just like this, where you're you know getting their breakdown. We're gonna talk about their strengths their vulnerabilities, how Michigan matches up, and how they might take advantage of certain aspects of of the Buckeyes, both offensively and defensively. And, of course, we'll take your questions as well. There'll be some Ohio State today. Don't make, make no mistake. We'll get into that in this session, too. Uh, but a lot of today is going to obviously be spent on talking about Maryland. That's announcement number one. So 11 o'clock with Al on Friday in the morning, and then 1230 with Vance we're going to uh, we're going to be breaking that down with Vance at twelve thirty on Friday. So again, folks, set your reminders and be ready at that point in time. Uh, another announcement. All right, this is the best deal of the year going on right now over on the MichiganInsider.com and twenty four seven Sports. Seventy five percent off an annual subscription. It does not get any better than this. So if you've been on the fence, if you've been waiting to get in on TMI. You know, the VIP message board, the intel that we that flows over there, football, basketball, and recruiting. Now is the time to get off that fence. Now is the time to get on the table because it does not get any more affordable than this. And it gets you access to the entire 24-7 Sports Network. I'll put a link right here in the in the comments uh, or in the uh, chat. And then I'll also put a link in the comment and the description for the video. So if you've been waiting on the MichiganInsider.com, do not wait any longer. Now is the time, and I'll grab that link for you here shortly. In the meantime, in between time, Al, it's time to get into the game. This was an interesting one because because of the eerie similarities to the performance by J.J. in the Illinois game last year to what we just saw. Different reasons for why I think the performance against Illinois last year had to do with the fact that Illinois was just like that 
they had a defense like that. Remember, I told the Buckeyes. Yeah, they were a headache. They were a headache. Yeah, yeah remember, I told the Buckeyes, I said they can't play like Illinois, and they they, they just all in their feelings about it. And I was right. Well, this time against Maryland, I don't think Maryland, Maryland has some good players on defense. Bo Bray's really good, but I think this had to do with a little bit more to do with you got a quarterback a little banged up, court, coaches out, a lot of things going on, and Ohio State's the next week, and it kind of led to him not being totally on like a quarterback is never going to be on in every game. No, and and this game had some similarities to the Penn State game, but the different impetus. It was more Penn State was more pass rush issues, right? Early pass rush issues forcing a change or, or adjustment in tactics. In this one, the quarterback was not good early. He was in and 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 it forced now, he still made some plays in this game. I want to make that clear. He made a couple incredible throws. But he wasn't as good as he's not. He was a little uh, – he wasn't J.J.-esque. That happens. That happens in – heck, I can't, I've, every quarterback I've had, I've had these games, Sam, every one. Uh, but what it does is, for, as a play caller, it, it, it forces you to shift your thinking, okay? In the uh, first, uh, first drive uh, – Third, third, on the first drive, the first play of the game, we missed an RPO. Okay, they blitzed the nickel in the B gap on an insert zone. Ball should have gone out to the RPO. What did? And then there was a stick smash on third down, and the tight end was uncovered, and we threw it outside, completed it, but we were short of the first down, had a punt. And then the fifth play of the game, we called a, a, a multi-level play action pass. The free safety flat-footed the, the, the over route and gave him the post. We ended up checking the ball down. He just wasn't it went, he wasn't his normal JJ. Like I say, it happens. So you, as a coach, you can't just say, "Oh my God, oh, you sure as hell not going to take him out." Uh, I'm not. I'm not stupid. But uh, but let's get him grounded a little bit. So what they did is come back with seven straight runs and a touchdown. And then another six or seven runs before they throw another pass. Now, everybody's going, oh, that would go back to Penn State all over again. Well, when you're the play caller and the plays you just call, Sam, after that, plus 12 on an insert zone, plus 14 on a power play, plus three on a pin and pull, plus six on a split zone, plus four on a wedge, plus one on, 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 the, on the three-yard line, and plus two for a touchdown. We just took the ball and rammed it right down their throat, okay? Get our quarterback back. But in, in the in the meantime, let's find a way to get the ball moved and get some points on the board. And that's how the why the coordinator was thinking the way he was thinking. He started the next drive off with a plus six, plus six, plus four, plus seven, plus five, and, and then uh and then he threw another pass. Okay. But guys wonder why guys do what they do and they call them stupid and they say this, you're not using your but there when you're down there and you're making those calls. You are registering in your mind success rate. What's going on? When I throw, what happens? When I Not that you're going to give up on, on, on just one play, but when there's a series of events that force you to shift gears, and when you shift gears, it's successful, there's a tendency to want to stay with that. So I think uh, as you study the play, Colin, and you and I did this yesterday, it was really, really eye-opening. You it can was. kind of understand. Yeah. It was. I, I'm curious, Sam, your perspective. I'm going to ask you a question one time. Yeah, because you edu- – look, I'll be – full disclosure, you educated me on the thinking of a play caller because watching it live, uh, I, I was very pointed in saying, look, you as a play caller, and you know what I think of Sharon. I think Sharon is is a great young coach, and I think he's going to be a head coach very, very soon. But I said, you know, they – you know, yes, JJ missed some some throws or some reads here. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize how many at the time. Like I didn't realize live that he had missed an RPO. Uh, we went back on the on the video and we saw in the second drive after the four verts to Roman, there was a, a play action pass where he like, you went over it. He missed a touchdown on the post. I didn't see that live. And so as you put together the sequencing for me. And he comes off of that, and he runs seven straight times, and they get a touchdown, and six straight times they're moving the football. You know, I kind of get it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the the one thing that I haven't come off of is rhythm. You know, is there is there a place in there as a play caller where you feel like even though he doesn't have it, you know, are there some things I can go to 
that would would give him some some layups, give him some bunnies, so he can kind of get the juices flowing. So you know, on the one hand, I understand where you're coming from, and and based on what you said about what Sharon probably was thinking, like he he's missed an RPO read, he's missed a post for a touchdown. You get into it, he almost throws an interception when he leaves protection uh, in the red zone, and then the next play he throws an interception. Right. I get all of those things, and I understand the sequence. But now as I'm getting deeper in the game, uh, you know, what about the rhythm piece of it? Do you have to game plan, or do you have to remind yourself, all right, you know, let's try to give him some layups to get him kind of going in, in the flow? You know, I don't know how that fit into the equation in the, in the uh, Maryland game, but I say all that to say, Al, I don't think there's any chance in hell that they win a game this week with that kind of balance or lack thereof. I don't think they'll have any choice there wind up in I, that situation. No, I agree. They got to dictate some, some, yeah. uh, some rhythm for JJ. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think you could play this way at Beale Ohio State, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you could just mow them over and, and have a mediocre game from the quarterback. Uh, but I sure as hell wouldn't anticipate it. Okay. I would, I would anticipate that he's going to do what he's done all year. And, and because in this, he's shown he could play on this stage and excel and win the big game. And I'm going to believe he can, I I have to believe he can do it again. Now, uh, so rhythm, okay, rhythm, because that's really uh, the bottom line. After six runs, he came back and took a shot on a flood route, which was, again, not red, you know, didn't didn't get the result he wanted for whatever reason. Went back to running the ball and uh, then took a shot, got a DPI, Missed a four vertical route, went back to running the ball. And then on play 25, he threw the most beautiful ball you've ever seen to Colston Loveland on an out. Okay. All right. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about rhythm. All right. We got one. We like it. We feel good. Okay. To this point, the only real good plays have been the four verticals or the vertical smashes early and that play. Okay. Now he starts to open it up a little bit, knowing still that the ball's being rushed well enough where you can't. You can't deny that. You got to get, you still have to use that to your advantage and help the quarterback. But an answer to your question is it's always a good idea to ask the quarterback before the game, hey, give me five of your favorite passes that if they, if they had a gun to your head and said, I'm going to shoot this if you don't complete it, what would they be? That's extreme, but make sure what, you know, the, the, just the enormity of it. What is what would you call? So well, I'd call a if I had to complete, it, I'd call a stick route. I call you know he has his own little, you know five six pack of plays, and those are always good plays to keep in your back pocket if you struggle a little bit. You know what I mean? And say okay, the first pass, I, I, I it may not be the perfect call, it may not be the play pass shot that everybody wants, it may not, but this is a pass the quarterback believes he can complete. So keep a little six pack of those plays when he's struggling. And hope like hell they bail him out. Because, Sam, once the kid starts feeling his oats, this happened last year at uh, Ohio State, he didn't start off rocking and rolling at the beginning of the game. But he hit that damn sna- uh, that little snap route into the boundary side against the full blitz. Mm-hmm. CJ took it to the house. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Over. Over. Cancel Over. Cancel Christmas. Yeah. All of a sudden, that rocky start – you know, you start. It, it's it's so psychological, man. It's so psychological. People don't understand. It's not all physical, but once he starts feeling his oats, forget about it. Yeah. Now, what you have is a, a confident, talented athlete, a talented, confident a guy like Michael Jordan. Okay, he's been, he believes it's going to happen every time, right? And if it doesn't happen, he's going to create it. Okay, now you got a lethal weapon, and he has that ability. Yeah, I mean, you know, people got just twelve game season. What has he been for the majority of the season? He's been, you know, eight of the eleven games. He has been fire, like perfect, and it it sets that perfect standard. He's had uh, one game where he just didn't have a, a lot of opportunity to throw the football. That that being Penn State, and then there are the two the two games, the Bowling Green game, and then this one, where you can kind of look at it and he just wasn't on, right and and I kind of look back at last year's Illinois game, and I thought it was very um, impactful for us to go back and look at what we were saying 
after the Illinois game. And I remember he missed like a seven-yard pass. It was like right in front of him. He skipped it to him. And I said to Devin at the time, I said, man, you know, Devin, you need to get him in a rhythm. Right? We talking about rhythm right now. And Devin was like, no, no, no. I said, if you're making excuses for him, that's a layup. You can't miss layups. And Devin was like, stop it, stop it. You got to make those throws. My point in bringing that up is he just didn't have it that day. And he was going against, you know, another thing to point out is Illinois was like that. Like they had dudes and they had a great, a great scheme, right? But he got in that Ohio State game, and boy, it was, it was, it all came in, all the focus, all the accuracy. That's what I think we're going to see. He had a a subpar game before, you know, and and the next game he was right back. Giving it right to back him. being himself, and that's you're right gonna get back that. being himself. He's a competitor. I tell you, uh, something as you speak just occurs to me that can be as a play caller really dicey, and that is when you're playing a team that is denying you high percentage throws. Okay, Illinois did that a year ago. They're basically denying you high percentage throws, and they're forcing your quarterback to throw the ball down the field, which they are. In fact, kind of giving you, but your quarterback is not on. Okay? So, you guys say, well, God, he can't hit that pass. Throw this pass. Well, they're not giving him. I mean, that that's they're, they know this, okay? And they're not giving him your swing passes. They're jumping him. They're not giving him your sticks. They're all over him in cover one. You know what I mean? They're forcing you to throw multiple crosses or multiple layers, things down the field. And... Right now, he's not feeling good about throwing those. In another game, he'd throw them with his eyes closed. But that's, there's always that one game, that outlier game, sometimes two games, where you got to come up with an answer when it ain't, it always, it is always the answer you want. Yeah. And so, I, you know, the factors kind of contrast last year. You had pros across the board for Illinois, great coordinator. This year, and, and, Clack alluded to it in the game. It was a little bit later, but he was like, you know, he's banged up, but he's good enough to play. And, you know, that kind of makes you scratch. Okay, you, you threw in that good enough to play. Like, man, he he's banged up to the point where I wouldn't be surprised. And Devin told this, told this story, and I, I'd be curious your recollection of it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he spent some time in, in the training room during the week where it wasn't all practice. All practice during the yeah, week. Yeah. And here's the deal, Sam. Uh, to get your quarterback ready, the only way you can do it is rest him, right? I don't know. Again, well, this is projecting. I, I don't have practice. I don't have any inside information on injuries, nor do I want it, okay? But if you can't body learn your game plan, now what do I mean by that? I mean, go through the mechanic of running all these things that you're going to do in a game. It reflects your play. Mm-hmm. It tends to reflect your play. I'll say that. Now, it's a seasoned Ten-year NFL quarterback might be able to do that and be fine, but a college kid needs to run the game plan, okay, or it can't affect it. So I don't know if he practiced, I don't know if he didn't, but I know that can affect your play big time. Oh, and incidentally, Joe Clatt, that was not Trente who had that sack. Okay, let's be clear on that. That was not Trente. Okay. I'm not going to say who it was or what, but it was not Trente. Yeah, right. right. Tr- Trente got a bad rap on that one. He yeah, no, I don't. Well, you go on national television, you start blaming somebody, and it's it's misplaced. I can't get to the amount of people Joe can, but that's wrong. You know what I mean? You better be damn sure before you start blaming somebody. Yeah. So Devin recalled, and this is, I think, a very poignant story for this game, and to kind of get people, you know, even if you look at the the game for what it was. And what did you say? You had five mysteries by JJ and four bad throws. I think you had 11. Uh, wasted plays, right. Wasted plays. Actually, there were 12 because there was a drop ball too. Right. So that is uncharacteristic. Oh, God. That's not even close. Totally not even close. atypical, right? Not even close. Now, on that, I'm going to let you finish your point. But, but this is a perfect segue. When JJ does have a wasted play, right, which everybody does, he always compensates with one of his J.J. Johns, what I call J.J. Johns. Well, what's he do, Sam? He runs around. They miss. They don't block the twist. He moves right, throws a touchdown pass. He compensates for any of his faux pas, okay? But that just hasn't happened lately because they're a little more conscious of containing him. You know what I mean? So 
continue with what you're saying, but I think that's something you got to bear in mind. Yeah, man. And so um, Devin talked about, I mean, you think about that, that 13 season, Devin has a phenomenal Notre Dame game. Devin sets a record versus Indiana. Devin has a, a basically a passing clinic against Ohio State, and he breaks his foot, and that's basically the difference in the game. He said, you know, in there you have the UConn game, and he said, I'll tell you what, yeah, I played well against uh, Notre Dame. He said, I, I was so beat up after that game, I didn't even get out of bed to go to the meeting on Monday. He said, I, I, I didn't even show up. He said, it, it just, I just was, did not feel myself after that. And you know, so it took me a minute to to kind of get back to kind of get back right. He said, but by the time he said you get an Ohio State game, and just like you can see with my broken foot, he said, man, I played the whole second half with a broken foot, <laughs> and we were right there, right. So he said, you know, you can rest assured that whatever was ailing him, because he was definitely well enough to be on the field. He's not thinking about it. He's not missing practice. His focus isn't diverted. It is all on Ohio State. You're gonna see him be who he has been at his best in this game. So can you take us back through that, your recollection? Because he often tells the tale of against UConn. He said, man, I hamstrung gorgeous. Like, I, I, I couldn't do what he what he seen me do with my eyes closed in that game. Yeah, it was that. But here's what happens. And, again, there's never a year where you play 11, 12 games, quarterback's perfect. It's just, you know, uh, he's going to have a game – and I remember I told you the Steve Young story about he couldn't hit a cow in the ass with a base fiddle. He couldn't throw up a complete pass. So he Steve Young went to the sideline and told him, throw sticks, throw stick routes. Just keep change the formation and run another stick route, which is a little tight and out. You know, he knew he could complete that. And that got him in a rhythm. Okay. Well, you have these games where the quarterback's not hit. So as a as a play caller, because you want to be balanced, and I always tell the quarterbacks, if you want we can only stay balanced if you play solid. You don't have to play great, but you got to play solid. The guy's open, you got to hit him. Okay, you don't have to make spectacular throws and all that, but you got it. When the guy's open, you got to hit him. Otherwise, I got to figure out another way to move the ball until you start feeling your oats again. Okay, and that's what happened in Connecticut. But what people don't understand about Devin in that game is no, he didn't throw the ball as well as he did later on, or, or what he was capable of. But he audible to an option play against a blitz, pitch the ball to. Fitz Tucson, who ran a cutback and ran for a long touchdown that really kind of turned the game around. I believe he had a quarterback draw or something in, a, in some situation that was another big play. But he found ways to add, you know, to, to be part of the win without having to, you know, throw perfectly. So those those are the games. Those are you have those games, and and as a as a play caller, you got to realize it. You got to talk to him. Try to get him back because you can't run the ball every single down the rest of the game just because he's not hitting the passes. So you got to pick and choose again, having a little six pack of plays that he's comfortable with and trying to get to those. All those things can help. But if you aren't going to beat him throwing it, find a way to beat him anyway. And that's what Devin did in that game. Well, and look, the other thing that could kind of tell you, you know, they're 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 judicious with their usage of JJ in the run game, right? You saw he they were intentional about using JJ in a run game in the Penn State game. Yeah. That was the how many replays were in this contest? One, two? One, maybe one, yeah. Maybe one much. One. I don't think there were any any plus one runs or, or you know, that kind of stuff where the quarterback designed runs, you know. Right, right. And so that has been a big key to their rush success this year yeah. is his his involvement in the in the run game and that's another way to help him kind of get into the play remember early in that ohio state game he had that big run where he ran through like a a couple yep. of tackles and got some extra yards but they weren't doing that with him either no. all right so that that's another thing that kind of lets you know that that part of this was okay we we, we protecting protecting him some the other part of it is he's off a little bit <laughs> and and we just got to get through this game. Now, I'll come back to what I said before. I'm acknowledging all of that. I'm deferring to your expertise as a former play caller. I'm deferring to my knowledge of, of Sharon Moore as a dude who, who is like that as a young coach. He is like that. But as we, my novice view of things, I don't think is off when I reiterate what I said before. They don't have a choice in this Ohio State game 
but to be more JJ dependent. Right? Yeah, you know, think about think about this now, Sam. And this doesn't take a coach. This just takes some common sense. The Sunday meeting before Maryland, you go in there and you talk to the guys. Okay, what's going to be our approach in this game? And the first question that comes up: What's the health of our quarterback? It's kind of beat up. It's kind of this. It's okay. Okay. Now the next question: Can we beat Maryland without running our quarterback, knowing what's in the future? Okay, because in the last game, we're empty in the friggin' drawer. Okay, whatever happens, happens. The quarterback's going to want us to do it, even if he goes in a game with a broken leg. He's going to want us to do it, and the team's going to want him to do it, and the fans are going to want him to do it. So can we beat Maryland? And the, for my instincts right away, hell yes, we can beat Maryland without running J.J. We've proven we can beat a lot of teams without running J.J. Uh, now the game was tight. I understand all that. But that was the thinking, I think, going into the game. I think they wanted to maintain that as much as they could so that they had a healthy body come this week. Yeah. That's the value of having a coach to talk to about it. You know, you, you see the coaching perspective on it. You see the big picture about Ohio State. You know, there are things that are going to be on the menu in this game that just weren't on the menu against Maryland. They just weren't. We aren't doing this yeah. this week, right? Yeah. And we're going to win this game anyway without doing these things. And they got that done. And, and, and JJ will be what we know he's going to play like we know he can play. Cause I thought Devin was profound in, in talk, giving us the player perspective. He said, I can tell you, I could not feel my, my body ache so bad. He said, you chewed him out about I that. that I chewed him out all the time. I can't remember. <laughs> what the, what the, that could have been any one of a hundred times. I don't know. <laughs> but I guess even he, he didn't show up for the meeting. Oh, that was after, yeah, that was after Notre Dame. Yeah, he didn't yeah. show up. He was still in bed, and I yelled at him. And I, it was just, you know, coaching deal. I mean, I, you know how I am. I yeah, yeah, but I, but, but his point was, man, I was so beat up. But you know, you get me, especially in that Ohio State game, even with a broke foot, broken foot, I was ready to. Yeah, he's a, he's a warrior. He's a warrior. That kid. He was a warrior. He he showed up. He danced every dance when he wasn't healthy enough to do it sometimes and it was not near I mean the, the, the JJ 20 different times in this game he wasn't touched on drawback Devin never had a game like that so, <laughs> right right you know, right that's what I'm saying like, I hear guys complain about passport they go oh jeez yeah you have no idea I, I mean I've seen it worse than Devin and other places I've been that, that, that didn't have as good a player so uh, just gotta keep it all in uh, perspective Yeah, man. And so I, I want to be able to get to your your grades and the questions coming up. But I I, I want to piggyback real quick on a point you just made about protection uh, and talk about the tackles real quick. I know you get into it in the grades as well. But what do you see there? I mean, how how big of an issue uh, of a of a concern is protection heading into this game for you based on what you've seen? Well, I'm concerned, I, but not losing sleep. Because I think uh, Michigan will find answers. If they're struggling on the right side at all, I think they'll find some answers to get some help so J.J. can still do his deal. You know, because you don't want it. Because you're concerned about pass protection, you don't want him to take you out of your whole game. The things that have have brought you to this point, you want to still be able to do. You just tweak them a little so that if it means chipping the right side, if it means putting a tight end there, you know what I mean? If it means turning the protection that way, somehow helping the the spot that you don't that you think you're struggling with a little bit. There's answers. They're not your favorite answers, but there are answers that will still allow you to do all the things that have made you good. So I'm not that concerned about that. I'm really not because I, I want to believe that in this football game, uh, if for some reason you're struggling in protection and you're not running the ball well, you, know, you got to still be able to throw the ball, Sam, and you got to have an answer to that. So, and I'm sure. They will have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we'll get to the grades here coming up. If you have questions for Al, get them in now. Get your questions in for Al. We'll get to them towards the end. I want to remind you folks, yes, you can ask them Ohio State questions, but we're going to have a whole special episode of Al Borges giving you the Buckeye preview. Information breaking overload, Sam. Breaking down their defense. He has the all 22 for the entire season. For the Buckeyes going back, watching as much uh, footage as he can of the Buckeyes. And coming up on Friday at 11 a.m., 
we're going to have another session just like this, where it's just about the Buckeyes. It's about what they do defensively. Where are they improved? What are their vulnerabilities? What with what Michigan has in its arsenal, what do you expect for them to employ? Where can they have the most success? And, of course, he'll take your questions. That's coming up Friday at 11 a.m. I say that in case you have a lot of Ohio State questions. You can, if you don't get them in today, you can get them in at that time. Well, so we're Al- just going to be doing some serious edification that day, Sam. And I'm going to probably give you about 80% stuff you don't. Most of these guys could care less about, but I'm giving it to them anyway. And you can just take what you want, leave what you don't, and away we go. But coming to Ohio State, the fans that listen to this show are going to know what time it is. Yeah, and, and by the way, Vance is going to be doing the same thing from yeah, a defensive thing, perspective yeah. at 1230 on Friday, too. Strictly Ohio State. He's going back watching all the Ohio State offensive all 22 footage. So we're going to give you more thorough breakdowns uh, than any breakdown you've ever you've ever had. So, Al, let's get to the grades. And then, of course, I got the, my message from my man, Tom Brady, and the folks over at Autograph. But give us your he's grade. Good. He was, he's pretty good, wasn't he? Pretty yeah, good. He was That's bad. why you had that picture over your shoulder. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, O-line, C-plus, didn't like uh, not one of their better games, but not. Again, they, they ran the ball for 150 yards, I think it was. But, uh, again, I still think there were some things they could have done better, and I think Sharon would agree with that. The tight ends, I gave a B. They weren't bad. They, they blocked fairly well. They had a couple of breakdowns, but for the most part, pretty good. Running backs were a B. I thought they ran the ball. I didn't see a lot of mysteries in terms of you should have hit this hole or hit that hole, so they were solid. Uh, protection was pretty good, not, not everything you wanted it to be. And the wide receivers were a beat. So I think uh, it wasn't a classic masterpiece football game offensively. What did you give the quarterback? I, I gave the quarterback a C. Oh, yeah, no. He, uh, 11 wasted plays, Kate. You got to do it. I didn't blame him for the drop, but uh, four, four uh, what did I say, four or five misreads and four uh, errant throws. Yeah, it was just, I thought it was his worst game uh, overall, you know, but. Uh, that's uh, still pretty good. <laughs> it, it, it's his worst game a lot of guys would take, but I, I think I think you'll get a lot different product in this game. Yeah, and, I, uh, there, there's probably a lot of reasons for the why he, he didn't play as well as he would. I just you know, keep I, I keep thinking back to the Bowling Green game, and I told people at the time, you know, he sat up there, took all of the the um, responsibility that you would expect the team leader to take, right? The quarterback, especially, to take. And then he came over after all of that, not making it, giving any reasons or excuses. He said, man, oh, I'm going to be a monster. I'm going to, man, how you see me bounce back from this, watch and see. Right. And yeah. we saw. And I, did. yeah. and I didn't talk to him after this game, but I know it's the same thing. And I just yeah. feel like this was a game where it was more about being banged up than anything else. Yeah. Here's the deal about this now. And Devin will, this is one thing I'm certain he'll agree with me about. Okay. Is, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and don't embellish it, okay? Right, this right. kid's a proven commodity. He'll do a great job for you and make him continue to think he'll do a great job for you. Yeah. Keep you him know, aggressive and keep him thinking right, and you'll get just what you want. It's a great point. Sometimes, you know, the sideline reporters get actual coaching points from the coaches. Not all the time, but the there was a sequence in the game where the sideline reporter asked Sharon after the interception. Because you had J.J., the play before the interception, he leaves protection, throws it back into coverage, and has that almost pick, and then he comes back and throws the pick. And so they ask, they ask Sharon, what do you think about that? And he said, you know, I think we aren't going to dwell on it. So I don't want that to be in his mind. I don't want him to be thinking about the mistake. And I was like, man, that's a hell of a, that's a hell that's of a coach. That's, that's a coach. And let me tell you, that's challenging. For the coach, <laughs> that's cha- it was challenging for me because sometimes I was damn pissed off. I mean, that's, I've told him a thousand times, you know. I mean, I, 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 and sometimes the devil tell you, I got there are times I, but I didn't make a, a, a consistent habit of screaming at the guy that you're asking to lead the team. I did hey, not man. do that. So. Hey, man, Jared Goff threw three interceptions in that game. Sunday, I was ready to kick a hole in the TV and it's way up over the top of the fireplace. So that tells you yeah. something. Right then you wouldn't have had a TV to watch him throw the touchdown pass that won the game. Right, but that's that's kind of the point. You're that's a fool. Point. The, every quarterback's going to have it's just a horrendous game. 
you know, it, can you come back? Can you bounce back in game? You ought to everything you need to know about JJ McCarthy. Frankly, I think you learned in that not even the Ohio State game, the TCU game, where he throws two pick sixes and still has you right there on the cusp of coming all the way back. Yeah. I'm yeah, saying, that man, told me a lot about the kid. Yeah, that, that, that game told me a lot about the kid. And they didn't win the game, but boy, he battled until it was over. So yep. you got the guy with, with the medal to make this happen. So much for Maryland. Onward. Yep. Yeah, onward. All right, so before we get to your questions, and if you have questions for Al, throw them in the chat. We'll get them to, to him, as many of them as we can in the remaining time. But listen, folks have been asking me forever. You know, I'm telling you about oh, this, this great deal that's going on over 24-7 sports right now. You get all the latest, the best intel over a TMI 75% off. If you have not signed up for TMI yet, what are you waiting for? That's where it all goes down. You want this every single day? This is what you get, right? I'll throw the link right over here. But they say, well, what about the app, Sam? It's like, okay, yeah, the site looks good on mobile. I can see it on my phone. I want an app. I want to be able to see all the stories coming through in one app, right? And I'd love it if I could see your stories and Brian Cook's stories and your podcast and Greg Dooley's podcast. I love if I could see that all in one place. What about your, your YouTube channel? Sam, I would love to see that. On an app. I want to see it all in one place. Make my life easy, Sam. I, I can't. Just I punch can't. a button, Sam. Man. Just punch a button. I, I can't do it. I, all oh. I can do is provide for you the information and guarantee you that it will be better. We are taking stories and intel from random posters that send it to us. We aren't taking the hottest thing from Twitter and passing it off as news. Oh, right? We're giving you vetted intel. I can promise you that. But we are falling short as far as the app is concerned. That's until Tom Brady came to the rescue. Like he had so many times in his NFL career. Hell, even in his Michigan career. Who can forget the 2000 Orange Bowl? I tell this story all the time. I had a lot of Michigan fans that they were giving up. They were down two touchdowns twice in that game, Al. A lot of folks, ah, they, they, they just don't have it. They didn't know TV 12. That was like the beginning. That was the beginning. They wanted to kick their TV in just like you did, Sam. And they <laughs> would have missed an incredible outcome. <laughs> He brought him back from two touchdowns. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Like, there's something different about this dude. Against Bama, no less, and he goes on to the NFL and oh, has God. the best career in league history. That's uh, Sam, Sam, When he was down two touchdowns, he had him right where he wanted him. He <laughs> set a trap for him. He did. But he wasn't done making history. I said, listen, man, you know, a lot of fans, it'd be great to be able to engage the fans in a, in a, in a, in a fuller way. You know, is there a way that we can put together a concept where fandom is rewarded? And Autograph was born. What is Autograph, you ask? It is a great app that Tom Brady and his team came up with that aggregates all of the aspects of fandom and give, puts it and gives it to you in the palm of your hand. So all of the stories that you read over the MichiganInsider.com come through on the app. All of the YouTube footage and shows comes through on the app. Our podcast come through on the app, including some of the other great Michigan, uh, you know, consumptions that you might have. And how about this? To make it even better, when you read those stories, you watch those YouTube shows or listen to those podcasts, you're accruing points. You're getting points for doing what you already do as a fan. And on top of that, you go to special events, you're accruing points. And you can redeem those points for rewards. So you are being rewarded, literally being rewarded for being a fan. It does not get any better. And so Tom said, hey, I love it when you tell the story, Sam, but I'd rather tell it myself. Can you make it so the people can hear from me? I can do that, Tom. See, that's you. You're you're asking me to do something I can do. That I can accommodate. Here's Tom. Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind. Change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines. All for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. All right, folks. So there is that. QR code, okay? There's the QR code. 
Go ahead and scan it. And it's for you iOS users, you iPhone users, Droid folks. I know. I know. I know. It's coming. They tell me it's coming soon. There's nothing wrong with being a droid person, a droid man or woman. I'm a droid guy. Don't let people hate on droid. Droid is outstanding. Al is an Apple user. Devin is an Apple user. I don't, I'm not going to change just because they do it. I'm going to stay with my droid. But, you know, we have iPhones in the family, too. Let me not front. So, listen, folks, get the app. Start redeeming your rewards today. Certainly, uh, you can check out the site, the MichiganInsider.com, all the content that comes through via the autograph app as well. And if you aren't already signed up for a TMI, what are you waiting for? This just makes it, this just is an enhancement to what you get on TMI right now. So, again, go ahead, check that out right now. And for those of you who are listening via podcast, then all you have to do is go to link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. Link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. And that is the code to get the app. It is invitation only, so you got to have the code. Same thing for those of you who are scanning the QR code right now. Again, the code is Sam Webb. If you're listening, link.ag.fan slash Sam Webb. All right. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming to the rescue. Um, they got some exciting things they're going to be announcing, by the way, uh, coming up here for as far as their support uh, champion circle. So we'll be telling you about that in the uh, in the coming days and weeks. In the meantime, in between time, time to get to these questions. And I have not forgotten you, folks. I am going to include the link to the 75% off of TMI here. Uh, in the chat coming up. But, Al, it is time to start getting to the questions from the people. Uh, the first one comes from Kent V. And he wants to know, Al, are your play charts proprietary, or can you share them with the people? Oh, yeah, I got them. I got, I still, yeah, I got, I don't care. See, now, now, understand, people, I am not, I'm not going to sit there and transcribe all of Al's play sh- I'm not. Yeah, sure. I think that's what he's talking about, right? He's got all the. Uh, is he talking about that or is he talking about how you chart the game? Like, you know, your 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 legal pad where it's like all of Al's notes during the game. Oh, he's talking about those. I thought he was talking about the charts I use when I call the game. Okay. Oh, maybe, all... maybe, maybe. Kent, is that what you're talking about? If that's what you're talking about, let us know. I don't know. Clarify so, that and I'll answer. But I do have – I keep all my old laminated call sheets. Uh, I've gifted them a couple times. People wanted them. So, like, a big game, Notre Dame game, I gave it to a – Older fellow that wanted it, and he framed it and put it up on his wall. So, but there's still, you know, I still got them all. All right. So, back to back questions from Steve Horn, who is a loyal listener, viewer, follower. Appreciate you, Steve. Uh, he said, Gorgeous, gorgeous. How much of an advantage will it be for JJ to have his full menu of cadence and pre snap communication? Seems like that will be a factor against McCord. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, He's he's really he's well coached, and in his second year he's pretty much got it all. I don't know if, how many people have noticed, but he's whenever you see that tight end get pulled in from wide and go down, it's usually an audible, a, a max protection audible, and he's done that several times. And every time it happens, something good happens. So, yeah, you got to keep him all that. Maybe maybe a couple RPOs. I don't know. You know, they're never going to be a big RPO team. I'm convinced of that, but. Uh, he is capable of doing anything you want to spend the time to coach, okay, and practice. Capable of doing anything. But there is a limit to that because you can't do everything. All right, Al. And then I said back-to-back from Steve Horn. He asked to follow Coach Borges. Did it seem that J.J. was sped up in the two-minute drill? It seemed the entire team got a little too sped up there. What did you see? Well, you kind of got to have to go fast. You know, you got to have to go fast. And you're always, time becomes such an important uh, factor now. You're not just uh, fighting the defense, you're fighting the uh, time element. Now, and I, I, I'd have to know exactly what instances you're talking about. But for the most part, I think, uh, unlike the week before, Sherrod was a little more accustomed to being the head coach, play caller, line coach, you know that. And I think plays were getting in in enough time for him to do what he had to do. But in two minutes, you're not doing any, any audible because, you know, if you're on the – unless the clock stopped, you're you're going as fast as you can and usually reducing the menu of plays that you're going to run because of it. 
And uh, but I didn't see it, that to be a big factor. Now, maybe I missed something that is possible. That's something that would become more apparent in real time or on television that would watch it at all 22 copy. All right. M. Jim says, Al, J.J. in his post-Maryland press conference uh, said that he needs a chance to get rhythm. What say he? I didn't even talk. Absolutely. Yeah, we've already talked about this. Absolutely. Find that, find that, you know, the six pack of plays that he likes. I always ask quarterbacks, what are are your favorite plays? And then what you think you need to do tactically to the defense, whether he may not list one of the play pass shots as his favorite plays, but you got to put it in there because it's a way, you know, you see that as a way to exploit their defense. So, you know, put that stuff together. Uh, And again, I think at the beginning of the game, hit him with a reverse in there, hit him with a couple play pass shots, hit him with a few plays you know he likes and we can complete, and run the football with the you know efficiency and nuance that you have in every other game. All right, let's go back to it. Uh, here is this one. We kind of went over this over the course of the, of the deal here. If you could put in perspective the Maryland game, because Steven Gramza – says, I didn't feel good about this win. I need Al to talk me down from the from the ledge. Can you put Stan, in further Stan, okay. perspective Steven. the game? Yeah, Stephen, listen to me now. Listen to me. Listen, I hope you listen. You're not going to kick the crap out of every team you play. The, I was I had a 13-0 team at Auburn. Okay, didn't lose a game, won a Sugar Bowl. But we struggled against Alabama. We struggled against LSU, but we found a way to win, okay? And the sign of a really good team is they can win and not play at their best. I call it willing wins. They just Their their force of will was so great, coupled with good talent and be better than the other team, even though you're not playing great, you still win a game. So uh, just chalk it off to one of those kinds of games. Now, if you have a bunch of those, you start getting a little nervous, particularly if you get lesser opponents. But I would equate it, and Sam's done a good job with this analogy, to the Illinois game a year ago. It was very, very similar. Different defenses, different elements. I understand a lot. But but the mentality was very, very similar. And what did they do the next week? They sent Ohio State home with their tail between their legs in their own stadium. I look for the same thing. This one from JMAT277. Serious question. Do you think J.J. being told not to use his legs caused him to press more to get the ball out early in his progression? I didn't see that, but that is that is a good question. because That would be a logical conclusion probably to draw, knowing that he's not going to be used that way. But uh, as I watched his footwork in a game, and, and again, he had uncharacteristically uh, missed reads, which just isn't really J.J. McCarthy. And then, so you're looking for things. Why? Okay. Is he throwing it too quick? Is he throwing it too late? Is he what? Is he forcing it to a certain receiver? All those kinds of things. But I didn't see that. I, I, and the, the reads that he missed, I think, were just uh, uh, just misreads. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. He, he didn't see the defense the same way you saw the defense on the All-22 and made his decision accordingly. But I didn't see him rushing throws. You know, some guys – get concerned about protection and throw the ball where they could maybe take another hitch step to see the read a little better. I didn't see much of that. I think I, I, his his mistakes were not footwork errors. You know, uh, his, his mistake, basic decision-making and throwing accuracy, that was the two things I saw showed up the most. All right. Kevin Gibson wants to know, this is something. What's up, Kev? Kevin and Melvin Dale. What's up? How you doing? Good to see you. Uh, Sam, Coach Borges, I think Donovan Edwards can be a factor in the passing game. I also hope Michigan will take advantage of Samaj Morgan, get the ball in his hands. What do you guys think? I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. He's just spot on. Yeah, yeah. he got spot on. Uh, and I, I said this, uh, I think, a week ago or two weeks ago, is I think you're going to see Donovan be more and more of a factor in the passing game and, and the running game some too because he's starting to feel a little bit better that way. But, yes, he has to be – out of the backfield, he could catch four or five passes, maybe create one big play. Uh, that would be a great game for him, okay? Uh, and Samaj, I just, you know, they, they've kind of weaned him a little bit. But the more he touches it, the more good stuff keeps happening. Well, that's that's not a coincidence anymore, okay? That's that's a byproduct of his ability. And so I think uh, somewhere to plan, 
They'll have 28 on the board. We got to throw him on a fly sweep. Maybe we got to throw him a quick screen. You know, something in there that allows him four or five touches that, uh, which with his big playability could create an explosive. Yeah, can't be. He said he was talking about after the game, the play breakdown, how many play action zones, all this. Oh, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I have them all scribbled. Okay, good. Thank you, clarify that. Clarify what? Like, he, he wants to know, can you make them available to the people? How exactly are those things going to be produced if you do make No, them? I don't know that I can do that. I, yeah, I <laughs> and most of it, I mean, look, this is what I do. This is my high tech, my high tech method of of uh, crunching numbers. Okay, it's not really really sophisticated. And I send them to Sam and texts, you know, and, and I wake him up at night just to see how many drop back passes were thrown and how many times the quarterback was hit. And I give him more information than he gives than he sends to you. Okay, but uh, like I say, man, I get, <laughs> when you retire, sometimes you get too much time. Yeah. So when I watch a video, I mean, I watch it. Yeah, I was like yeah, a database. No, you could no, ask no. him how many times on third down in the red zone have they thrown the ball to the left, and Al will be able to go look <laughs> at his chart and tell yeah, you. No. Yeah, well, what you do, and it's the coach in me that's never left me and probably never will. I watched a video, and I'm privy to all 22, which a lot of people aren't, but I watch everybody. I watch every single player on every single play. I grade them, and I want to be fair to them. So like what I say when when – Joe Clyde says, blames Trente. That that pisses me off. It does because I know who the mistake was on. The point was to the left. The mic was identified left, and it was a scan back right to left. It was big big on big to the right. He had the defensive alignment. He did not have corner responsibility. Well, I'm not picking on Joe anymore, enough of that. But I'm just saying, I study the tape. I've coached a long time. I'm not a genius, but I know who these guys got for the most part. And if I don't know, I don't draw any brash conclusions or I give you the options of what could it could be, okay, without pointing fingers and talking about all that because I know how that can be. So I logged a lot of time studying not just what Michigan did, but how they defended it, what, what defense was Maryland in, what was their front, what was their coverage, what was their stunt, what was their blitz, why did what happened happen? And that's what I've been trying to tell people from the beginning. And Sam and I, when we, we start talking about the show at the beginning, I said, we were, we don't want to give people something they can get off the internet. Right, Sam? I mean, anybody can look at stats on the internet. Oh, yeah, well, they rushed for 150. I want to be able to tell you why that happened definitively. Even if it gets a little too sophisticated, I'll risk it. Okay. And how it happened. Who did they block? Okay. Who did they block? What? What was the scheme? What was the intent of the play? Why was the call that way? We want to go f- two steps further than any other program goes, any other any other podcast goes. And and that's been our approach. If it goes over people's head once in a while, I apologize for that. But I'd rather give you more than less. Because well, everybody I, else gives you less. Your your long lost cousin, Ferris Khan, is in the uh <laughs> Ferris, Ferris. What happened to Ferris? What here, here he is. Ferris Khan. That's your cousin, clearly. True geniuses like Al say they are not a genius. See, that, the that is a relative of yours for sure. Yeah. I should have had Ferris be my <laughs> agent when I was coaching. <laughs> Definitely someone related to Al Moore just wrote that message right there for sure. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, oh, this is Todd Gatian. He says, JJ was hurt for the Penn State game. Hope he's 100% this week. Uh uh, he said, our play calling was complete crap. <laughs> I think the play calling, I understand it better now. I understand it better now. And yet, you know, I come off of that saying, if they find themselves in the same position. So let's, I don't think they will. This is my takeaway. If they find themselves, if Sharon finds himself in the same position against Ohio State, he's got to find a way to get J.J. in rhythm. Like, or, or that has to be a focus. Getting him in rhythm, I don't. And think I think it will be. Yeah, he I won't have to. He won't be able to skew all run like we've seen him do no, last no, in no. last week's game. So, yep. All right. Uh, this one, Jay Marion wants to know: Al, would you go heavy play action against Ohio State? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to crowd. The, the Michigan's been running the ball better lately. Okay, and they're aware of that. And they're are they uh, defensive coordinators like elephants? They never forget. Okay, so you can be sure in 
Ohio State's Sunday meeting, they sat down and said, what do we got to stop first? And the answer was, every guy rose in, the run, the run. What about McCarthy? I go, we'll find ways to get rush on him. We'll find ways to cover, do our best to contain him. But if they run the ball like they ran it on us last year, it's going to be a long bus ride back to Columbus. So let's figure out how to stop the run. And that's, that's I think, uh, the highest of priorities. Yeah. Uh, Larry and Lisa Lear, thanks for coming back. Al, game against Maryland. Did you think the targeting call against their safety on Wilson? I think it should have been gone. What is your feeling on it, the, the, the targeting that didn't get uh, him ejected from the game? Well, I'm a little different than probably some people. Uh, I like the targeting rule. I do. But I think because when it first came in, it was to protect football because people were attacking football, mm-hmm. saying it's too dangerous and all that, for good reason. There were some issues out there that that the uh, they were right on. But as I I've noticed as we've gone, there was less ejections. I don't know. I don't have a number on that. Okay, but the first year they put this in, they were throwing people out left and right. And, they, and I, I talked to an official, and they said, well, we're going to err on the side of safety, and uh, we're going to call it, we're going to lean towards targeting. But some of these have been a little ridiculous. Uh, the level change, you know, a guy catches a pass, his level changes, the defensive guy is going at the level he initially saw, and all of a sudden the guy's head pops up and he hits him. Is he deliberately trying to throw his head and face in, or, or into a defensive player? Well, it's up to you, I guess, but I would lean more towards not wanting to throw people out of the game than because it's, it's, it's just a severe penalty. We wouldn't want it on our team when it's obvious. Hell yes. When a guy is definitely uh, leading with the crown of his helmet, gets a defenseless player, blah, 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 call it. That's why the rule is there, but don't look for the opportunity to do that. Look for the opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? That was a little tough, you know? Uh, so that was a really, really wishy-washy answer to that question. But that's how I feel about it. Corey uh, Schrobin says, or Schrobin, if, excuse me if I pronounce it wrong, says, thank you, Al. Sweet Lord, the difference in thought you have as a player, coach, fan is so different. As a coach, you start your week with, what do we need to do to win? And this is a perfect, your discussion today is a perfect example. Yeah, because that's really the bottom line, right? I mean, uh, this is the thing, and you know, this happens to coaches. I'm going to tell you this, particularly young coaches that are ambitious, is, is they start thinking of games about them and their genius and all their schemes and all the cute stuff that they can't wait to show. And they stop forgetting that it's about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's, right? So at the end of the day, you do what you have to do to walk off that field happy. Happy. Because 600 yards... 40-something points don't mean squat if they got one more than you. I learned that my last year at Michigan. You just pissed. You don't, you don't blame the defense. You don't blame it. You, all you do is you just know we didn't get that one point we needed, and what could I have done differently if not that point? You know, it's funny because all the talk about that that play – I was talking to Devin about it. I asked you about it. Devin, he had asked me, I'd have said, man, what are you even asking me for? Give me the ball, coach. Uh, you're thinking, man, I can't do this to that kid. Uh, we got another good play. No one's talking about I think the defense gave up 1,000 yards. <laughs> <laughs> but, but games, we, we sucked, and they spailed us out. This is a rope, man. It pulls one direction, one way. It pulls you. And as soon as you start pointing your finger at the defense – there's three more pointing back at you, and it's just a week away from happening. Yeah, That's why it's, it takes a team effort by not just players, but coaches too. Maryland is a perfect example, man. The defense was, man, stood on the table, answered the bell. Absolutely. They got them rolling in the first half with that strip sack, scoop, and score. They got a safety. I mean, and you're rolling now. You're rolling, and it's 23-3. to three. Of course, there's the, the the game kind of turns. They get some momentum because the interception after the half. Now it's a one-score game. And every single time Maryland had a chance to take the lead, look at the defense. They stood up every time they had a chance to take take a lead and beat them back. That, that that's that's complimentary football. That's that's team football right there. And that's that's what 
good teams are. Those teams that win big, their defense doesn't play great every game. And their offense doesn't play great. It's just whenever they need it, they play great. And whenever they need the other side to help them a little bit, they help them a little bit. Sometimes you can't, you don't have a very good defense. Or some days you don't, usually don't have a good offense. So the offense got to be a little better. Or the defense got to be a little better. It's that, that's when you get, as coaches, you get tested as to your own integrity saying, I'm not going to blame the offense. That's what they are. These guys are good coaches over there. They're all, last year they averaged 35 points. This year they averaged 25 points. We just got to play better, right? That, and that's hard to do. But uh, it, pure team guys do that. Yep, definitely. All right, we got to wrap this up. So we'll, we'll do so rapid fire with a couple of questions that are focused on Ohio State. We being co. Uh, says another uh, avid watcher uh, here every week says, I know the whole discussion is to be a bit more quarterback dependent in this game, but are we able to run the ball against this Ohio state defense? How much will the run game factor into this game? Al? Uh, we got to run the ball respectively with respect, having them respect us against run. That doesn't necessarily represent 300 yards rushing. Okay, if it does, ooh, that'd be nice. But we've got to run it well enough so that we can set up the other things we want to do with the offense. We have to run it well enough to be able to address every situation that can come up during the course of the game. If it's third and one, we got to run it well enough to get the first down. If we're inside the five, we got to run it well enough within a couple steps, we're in the end zone. Okay? At the end of the day, that be maybe 145 yards, complemented by 280, 310 yards passing. That's good. Who knows? We may have to run it for 250 yards and pass it for 150 yards. Who cares? If we get one point more than them, all those fans go happy, go home happy. They do. So you do what you have to do to win, and you don't necessarily have to set a number. I never had, Sam, something I never had as a coordinator that a lot of guys have. I never had a goal chart. I wouldn't refuse to use it. I said, because there's too many ways to win. I'm not going to say because you only rushed for 140 yards, you failed in this game. Because maybe that's what they were allowing. But we compensated by throwing for 300. And then reversed. Other games, we rushed the hell out of the ball, didn't throw very good. Oh, we're supposed to throw for 200 yards in this game. No, you're not. You're supposed to win the game. Okay? And whatever it takes to win the game, that's what you do. Yes, sir. All right. Last one. This one comes from Rosemary Hayes. And this is a great Way to send off. Thank you, Rosemary, for the question. Al, please grade the Ohio State quarterback, Kyle McCord. Can you give Rosemary a synopsis of what you see from okay. the quarter, from quarterback that Ohio State and Ryan Day chose over J.J. McCarthy? I didn't know that. Yes, sir. Well, I'll say this. I don't think that's a very good decision, but uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that McCord's bad now. Be All clear. Right. McCord could spin it. If he gets protection, he can hit the target. The difference is he is not your typical Ohio State quarterback that we've seen. You know, he's not your, what do they say, your, your, I don't know. He's just not like the guys they've had. Uh, Even the kid a year ago, he may not run a lot, but he could move his feet. And when he did decide to run, he's a pretty good runner, uh, Stroud. Uh, But you go right down the line. I mean, hell, you name Barrett. uh, Hell, you know them all, Sam. Uh, McCord is more of a uh, a uh, sit in the pocket, make the throw, depend on protection. Okay, if protection is not what he needs, he renders himself ineffective. You can win with a guy like that, but you got to be pretty good in today's football because that third play scenario, he is much less likely to create on a third play where there's a protection breakdown or coverage issue. He is much less li- less likely to create a big play because of his skill set. Where McCarthy, he masters that situation. And we're going to have to have a few of those in this game because they've been missing the last couple of weeks. But uh, the kid, don't don't sell him short. He could throw it. But uh, if I'm picking up teams uh, and McCarthy's available, I would pick up McCarthy before I would McCord. I maybe have a little bias, but that's how I feel. No, you're, you have eyes. Let's <laughs> I mean, not miss words here. Uh, this is not even close. If the, if, the past is an indicator. What we've seen, the body of work from both quarterbacks, this is not a close comparison. Uh, it's just a matter of 
does J.J. return to form? If both quarterbacks play to form, uh, Michigan wins this game. Uh, and they could win it handily again, but they, they win it for sure if J.J. plays the way that we all know he's capable of playing, and I yeah. expect to. Yeah, I believe that J.J. could do everything McCord could do and more. Right. He is capable of doing those those improv plays that defenses have a hell of a time account for sometimes where I don't believe McCord can do that near at the level JJ can. And I think most people, you know, like you say, if you've got eyes, you can see that. That doesn't. Yeah. So here's the deal though. It was fitting to end with Ohio state question because it allows me to point you to a special episode of the breakdown. It is the Ohio state preview coming up on Friday, 11 a.m. with Al Borges. Breaking up, breaking down Michigan's offense versus the Ohio State defense. He will have gone back and watched I don't know how many Ohio State games, all twenty-two. So he'll see, he'll be the eye in the sky. He'll be able to break down their strengths, their weaknesses, i.e., where they're most vulnerable, and how Michigan, based on what Michigan does, how they might be able to exploit some of those things. That's coming up Friday at eleven a.m. Set your reminders. That's the Michigan offense versus Ohio State defense breakdown with Al Borges. Also take your questions. Of course, that'll be followed up by the same uh, kind of program with Vance Bedford during the Michigan defense versus Ohio State offense. That'll be at 1230. We still have the breakdown with Vance coming today. Looking back at the uh, at the Maryland game. Of course, we have both all the film studies, by the way, will be up tomorrow. So they'll be up early tomorrow. So be sure to check those out as well. Folks, have a happy Thanksgiving. I know we'll see many of you on the upcoming programs. Don't forget the 75% off Black Friday sale started early on the MichiganInsider.com. If you are not a member, this is where you get us all the time. So be sure to go on and sign up for TMI. Help us keep going and growing over there as well. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Happy Thanksgiving, my man. Thanks, buddy. You too, buddy. Go Lions. Uh, Can I get a Go Lions from you? Go Lions. <laughs> God, you got to love it. I, I, I'm like a born again Lions fan. I'm a 49er fan. I'm from West Coast. But I have gravitated to this team, and I did it when they sucked, which, you know, that's pretty much been the case for a long time. But they don't this year, Sam. They don't. They don't this year. They can run it. They can pass it. They're winning games. They just should have lost the game the other day. But no, no, no. You kicked the TV in, and now. He threw the touchdown pass, and you missed it. You were in there crying in your room with tears coming down your eye. Denise is over there trying to comfort you, and they came back and won. This this team's real. They're pretty good. They're one of the best five teams in the league, I think, And which means if you play good in the playoffs, who knows? So, All right, folks. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, like I said, to those that we see in the other programs. We'll see you then. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the offense with Al Borges. The boot.